We turn this morning to John chapter 10 once again as we're on this series of messages on the Good Shepherd. The morning this evening we'll return again to our study of the Gospel of Mark, Mark chapter 8. This morning though, John chapter 10, and we'll be reading verses 1 through 21 once again. Hear then the breathed out word of God to us this morning. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So, Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also. And they will listen to my voice. There will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down. I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. There was again a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said, he has a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? As far as the reading of God's word, let's bow again in prayer. Father, as we have read your word this morning, we pray, Father, that you will indeed accompany that word by your spirit. For your word is not dead. It's not just letters upon a page. It's not just sounds. It is a living and active word. And so your, may your spirit actively take this word, plant it, Father, within our minds, within our hearts, within our lives, within our very wills, so that we might indeed follow the one who leads. In Christ's name, God's people again say, Amen. Last Lord's Day, we considered from 
this very same passage, the fact that he calls his own sheep by name. But the verse continues. He not only calls his own sheep by name, but that he also leads them out. And so this morning we look at the good shepherd. He leads his sheep. Two main points uh, this morning from this passage. First of all, the picture that Jesus gives to us once again. And then secondly, the message that that picture conveys. The picture is of that shepherd coming to that sheepfold as we looked at last Lord's Day morning. We are in the city. We are in a large town where a number of shepherds have put their sheep for the night under safekeeping of a porter, of a, of a guard. Now in the morning, that shepherd reappears to take his sheep and to lead them out. He comes to the sheepfold. He comes to the one, the guard, the porter, the one who stands at the door, the one who stands at the gate. He says, I present myself as the one who is the owner of these sheep. The porter then allows him to enter into the sheepfold where he then calls out his sheep and he calls them by name. That's what we looked at last Lord's Day. The sheep hearing his voice follow him. But once the sheep have come to him, the shepherd, we are told, now leads them out. He takes them out through that gate, through that door, and he leads them. This is what the shepherd does. This is the work of the shepherd. You see, the robber does not do this. The robber does not call the sheep. He doesn't know the sheep. The thief does not call them by name. He comes not through the gate, but he comes over the sides and he takes whatever sheep he can find for the plucking. He doesn't lead the sheep. He carries the sheep. He steals the sheep. He destroys the sheep in Jesus' parable that he is giving to us here. So there is the picture through the streets of a small town, out through perhaps some narrow road, out to where the shepherd has the intent of leading those sheep for that given day. But it's interesting for us to pause and to just think about the word that Jesus uses here. In our English, it's he leads his sheep. In Greek, it's ex agio. It's in the form of a present indicative active. What that simply means is this. Jesus is not saying, I do this once. Jesus isn't saying, I come and I call sheep and then I lead them but once. The word Jesus uses here is the picture of the shepherd who is continuous. The shepherd who is ongoing in his work. The shepherd who is committed to the task. See, that's what's set up in this passage, isn't it? All the way through, there is the contrast that is taking place between the true shepherd of the sheep and the picture Jesus gives of all those who came before. Those who are the thieves, those who are the robbers, those who are attempting to lead this particular flock of sheep in another way. But they're not really leading the sheep. 
That's not their point. That's not their purpose. The thief, the robber's intent is not to lead that sheep to green pastures. His intent is to get the sheep on the outside of the wall and then to kill it, to destroy it, to consume it, to eat it, to cut off its wool and to sell it for his own purposes. All who have come before, all who have sought to be the good shepherd, all who have pretended to be the I am, are but thieves and robbers. And I only am the good shepherd. See, it's the picture of the shepherd who is on task. The picture of the shepherd who is consistent. The picture of the shepherd who goes about his work faithfully. This is the good shepherd. Constantly, ongoing, never taking a day off, never taking time away, never thinking of himself, but always thinking of the needs of the sheep. Now, where would this good shepherd, where would this shepherd lead? We simply have in this verse, to him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, he calls his sheep by name and leads them out. Out where? Well, go back with me okay, to the picture we had last Lord's Day from Psalm 23. Listen to it again. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Now, if I'm in a city sheepfold, and the shepherd is leading me, and I'm, he's making me lie down in green pastures, what has to happen? He has to lead me to those green pastures. He has to lead me to the place where I shall be satisfied with that which is eaten. But listen to how the psalm goes on. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So in the picture, okay, as, as Jesus is giving this as, a, as an illustration, as a parable, so to say, as, as something that they are completely familiar with, when, when Jesus uses the expression that he leads them out, do they know where the good shepherd leads? Well, sure they do. They know that the good shepherd is not going to lead them to the arid desert. They know that the good shepherd is going to lead them to green pastures that the good shepherd is not going to lead them to a river that's wild and dangerous, to a river that might take their life. He's going to lead them to the place where there are quiet waters. He's going to lead them even through the valleys, even through the hard times. He is still the one who is going to lead them. See, this is the picture that emerges within their minds. 
But Jesus isn't just giving us some sort of illustration, is he, about shepherding of that day and age. It's hard to even talk about the good shepherd without understanding he's talking about himself. I am the good shepherd. I am this good shepherd. Jesus doesn't keep literal flocks of sheep, does he? He's not talking about that he's the shepherd in the sense of, yes, I have a flock of sheep. I come every day when I'm in the city and I call my sheep and I take them out to green pastures. He's not a literal shepherd, but this is a spiritual lesson that is being taught. There is a message that is being given to us. Using the example of the literal shepherd of Jesus' day, he is picturing that he himself is the good shepherd spiritually. He is the one who leads his people. He is the one who is the faithful shepherd. He is the one who is continuous. He is the one who is ongoing. He is the one who is on task. He is the one who continually leads his people. See, and there's a picture there, isn't there? The picture is that the leading is that which is continual. Once one has been called, once one comes to the shepherd, what happens? One is continually following the shepherd because the shepherd is continually leading us. Always leading us. Always before us. Always bringing us to a glorious place. This is what Jesus is doing. This is what he's saying I'm doing. You come to me. You commit your life to me. You own me as the good shepherd of your life. And for the rest of your life, indeed through all of eternity, I will be leading you. It's not like we, we get some days off from that. It's not like, well, Jesus, you know, I, I've, I've led you pretty faithfully for a week. Now, now I'm taking a day off. I'm, I'm not doing it today. We are to be continually following as Jesus is the one continually leading. But that raises the question, doesn't it? It's sort of like, how is this going on? Okay, I get the point Jesus is making. I get the illustration. But how is it that Jesus leads? We just got done with that hymn, right? He leadeth me, he leadeth me. I can't tell how many times we've sang that in that same song. He leadeth me, he leadeth me. How? How does Jesus lead? How, how does this happen? Well, the answer to that is not somehow, well, let's all think about it and see if we can come up with an answer and let's make a big long list of all the ways. The answer to that is we go to God's Word. What does God's Word tell us about the way in which Jesus leads? Today, right now, if I were to ask you that question, how does Jesus lead today? 
what would be your answer? I'll just give you a moment to think. Don't have to raise hands. While you're thinking about it, turn with me to the book of 1 Peter. Find chapter 5 of 1 Peter. How does Jesus lead you and I today? That's the question. We know he's the good shepherd. How does he shepherd us today? 1 Peter 5. So I exhort the elders among you, as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is to be revealed, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. What is Peter saying? Peter is saying that the way in which Jesus, the chief shepherd, leads you and I today is by the elders of the church. The elders of the church are tasked with the responsibility of shepherding. They are tasked with the responsibility of leading you. That is their job, that is their task. Peter understands this. Because if you go back to John chapter 21, sitting alongside the Sea of Galilee that day, we have this encounter. John 21. Starting at verse 15. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to them, yes, Lord, you know I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to them, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Who is given the responsibility of feeding, of tending sheep and lambs? The disciples. The apostles. But Peter is looking at it saying, look, we're going to die. Pretty soon they're not going to be us 12 around anymore. Who is going to be the ones who are given the responsibility to lead, to tend, to feed the lambs? Who are given the responsibility of feeding the sheep, of tending the sheep? Who does that fall upon? By inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Peter says, that falls to the elders of the church. They are the shepherds that 
the chief shepherd appoints here and now over your soul. And we are, as elders, to fulfill then that which God said. Turn with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter 40. Book of Isaiah, chapter 40. Verse 11. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. There's the picture. There's the picture of God as the shepherd. There's the picture of Jesus, the good shepherd. There is the picture of that which Peter and the other apostles were to do. There is the picture of that which elders of the church are to do. But there are stiff warnings as well. Stiff warnings given to the elders of the church. Go to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 34. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, even to the shepherds, thus says the Lord God, ah, shepherds of Israel, who have been feeding yourselves, should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat, you clothe yourself with the wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought. And with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd and they became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered. They wandered over all the mountains and on every high hill. My sheep were scattered over all the face of the earth with no one to search and seek them. Therefore you shepherds hear the word of the Lord. As I live declares the Lord God surely because my sheep have become a prey. And my sheep have become food for all the wild beasts, since there was no shepherd, and because my shepherds have not searched for my sheep, but the shepherds have fed themselves and have not fed my sheep. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my sheep at their hand and put a stop to their feeding the sheep. No longer shall the shepherds feed themselves. I will rescue my sheep from their mouths that they may not be food for them. What a stern warning the Lord gives. See, elders are to do their work understanding the work of Christ, understanding the work of the Lord Jesus. This is how he leadeth me. He leadeth me by the good shepherd, the chief shepherd, Jesus Christ, who has appointed under-shepherds to feed, to guard, to tend the sheep of his flock, those who have been called out. So
So then the question becomes, and how are they to lead? What does it mean that, that elders are to lead the sheep? What does it mean then that Jesus leads? How does Jesus lead through these under-shepherds that he has appointed? Answer, Jesus leads by his word. Now think of that. That's the picture, isn't it? He comes to the sheepfold. He calls his sheep, and then he leads them out. The one who knows each by name. Come on, Bob. Get in line there, Bob. Come on. Come on, Bob sheep. Come on. Come on. Come on. He calls us by name. He leads us out by name. He calls us by his word. But this isn't some mysticism. This isn't some, I wonder, and how do I discern that? This is his word. He has given to us all that we need. Every word that is needed and necessary for us to be led is here. I don't need word from anywhere else. I don't need some mystical experience. I don't need the spirit speaking to me in some dream, supposedly. I don't need some, some sort of experience on some mountaintop somewhere. He leads me by his word. All that I need. The Savior, the good shepherd, has given to me. And the elders of the church are responsible that this word is that which is placed before you. That this word that is preached... That this word that is declared, Paul says to Timothy, preach the word. Jesus says to his disciples, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. This is what the church then through its elders becomes responsible for. Through the word. Through not only the preaching of that word, but through the discipling through that word. Go ye into all the world and preach the Gospels and train them, disciple them. How? As you see fit? No, that's the warning that Jesus gives. This is not by how I see fit. This is not by my agenda. This is by the pure Word of God. That only is to be the lead. That only is to be the guide. It's the pure, true Word of God. Being that which disciples, trains up, builds up, strengthens. Through our Bible studies, through youth group, beyond Sunday school, crossroads, forgotten man, all of these means by which the word becomes central, the word becomes primary, the word becomes that which we train people by, that which is proclaimed. Why? Because this is what the good shepherd does. The good shepherd leads by his word. He's bringing along his sheep to those green pastures, to those quiet waters, even as they go through the valleys. 
He's doing so through the word. How does Jesus, how does Jesus lead us today? How does he lead his sheep? Through his under-shepherds? Through the word of God preached, taught? This is the mean. But also by his example. Because you see, in John chapter 10, Jesus isn't just leading them out. Is he? He says, okay, I got you out of the sheep pen. Now you guys go. Now you guys go. Go, go find the green pastures. I've led you out of the sheep pen. Now go. And I'll declare to you, hey, follow the road. Turn left. Now turn right. At the big rock, go left. What's he doing? John chapter 10. He goes before them. The good shepherd goes before his sheep and by not only his words, but by his example is showing the sheep where they are to go. Now we're turning right. Now we're turning left. By his own presence, the shepherd that the sheep can see are following. They're keeping close enough to the shepherd. Now in some customs, shepherds drove their sheep. They're the ones behind driving the sheep. Come on, sheep, move, move, move. But that's not the way it happened in Israel. In the Middle East, shepherds lead their sheep. That's what Jesus is talking about. I set you the example. And how does Jesus lead his flock? He leads his flock in humility. He doesn't do so arrogantly. Philippians chapter 2, he considered equality with God, nothing to be grasped, but he emptied himself, taking on the very form of a servant. He wraps a towel about himself. He doesn't order sheep X, go clean up that mess. He himself does it. He sees what's going on. He's observant to what is happening. He is aware of what is taking place. And he himself, in his own humility. This is the way Jesus leads. He doesn't lead in a holier-than-thou attitude. He doesn't lead in an attitude that says, I'm the shepherd, I'm too good to do anything for my sheep. I've got more important things to think about, I've got more important things to do. No. He's to lead the sheep with humility. This is what Jesus does. He empties himself, dying for his sheep. His example is one of compassion. How many times have we run into it already in our study of Mark? His compassion. Compassion that we defined as care in action. 
He sees and he responds. He doesn't see and then, well, let me think about this. He doesn't see and then pontificate. He sees and responds. He does something about the needs that he sees present with his sheep. This example of forgiveness. When one of those sheep, when the bob sheep does indeed wander away, and he sees he only has the 90 and 9, what does he do? He leaves the 90 and 9 safely protected in order that he might go find Bob. Because Bob's wandered off the path. Bob's decided to go his own route. Bob's decided not to listen to the voice of the shepherd. And with a heart, not only of compassion, but with a heart of forgiveness. He picks up the Bob sheep. He carries Bob back to the flock. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. How does Jesus lead? <laughs> he leads through the under-shepherds. He leads through his word. He leads through his example. Who would not want to follow such a shepherd? Why would one want to go with the thief or the robber? Why would one want to go with all those who have come before, as Jesus puts it in John chapter 10? My sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. The voice of a stranger they will not listen to, for they do not know his voice voice of the good shepherd speaking through his word the life of the good shepherd exemplified and his example well, we in the United States maybe western society have such this strong sense of independence I know where I'm going and I know how to get there I don't need any shepherd to lead me I don't need the word to guide me and I certainly don't need to follow that example I can do what I want, when I want, how I want. Nobody, no elder is going to tell me how I have to live. How sad. How sad. But they fail to hear the voice of the good shepherd through his word, by his example. Today, if you hear his voice calling you, out of the pen of your sin, out of the pen of your ignorance. Follow him. Hear his voice speaking to you today. And if you do hear that voice, know that he's leading you to glory. Amen? Amen. Father, again, we pause to thank you for this word. It's just a short little phrase, and he leads them out. But, oh, Father, there is so much there, so much truth, so much beauty, so much love, so much mercy, so much grace. 
Father, we scarce can even take in these three words. And yet we would pray, Father, that you would give us an open heart and an open mind and an open will that we might, by the power of your word and spirit, follow the good shepherd today. In whose name we pray and God's people say, Amen.